Brian Forsyth, how are you? I'm um, great, actually. I am very stoked that you're on this show. I know that my brother is probably going to have a conniption fit. He is... He has been a fan of yours since, since almost since since before you guys were famous. Wow! You guys, you guys, you guys were you guys were grinding at the bit for the longest time since what seventy seven? That's when we first yeah that's when we first got together, and then right. we did, we got our record deal in nineteen eighty one. Yeah, eighty one. With it, with there was there was a little space in there where we were just like playing and playing and playing and playing. We built up a nice following that way, though. That is that is downright spectacular. That's well, that's the way you got to do it when you're doing the band stuff. Uh, you guys for four years, and then you got signed with Warner Brothers with Atlantic Records, mm -hmm. and then and then uh, and then uh, when when did you release your first album? What year, do you remember what year that was? You released the first album. Yeah, that was 1981. That was 81 that you released the first album. You guys yeah. went out to you guys went out to you guys went on on the road to promote that album. Uh, who were, who were you performing with? What, uh, what other band was with you when you were? Well, that back the, in those early days, we were still, um, we were still in the clubs, basically. I mean, every once in a while, a, a band would come through Baltimore and they'd throw us on the bill. Like, I think our first big opening show was for, uh, we opened for Iron Maiden and Judas Priest at the Baltimore Civic Center. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that was, that was right after our record first came out. And that was just a one-off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we did we did a few of those like that, and then and then we got sent on out to the West Coast to do an official tour with Triumph, which ah. was a complete mismatch. It, it, that did not work <laughs> yeah. out well. No, no, no. That was a very they were very different kind of genre to 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 you guys. Yeah, I, I see I see you guys definitely with Iron Maiden, you know. <laughs> Black Sabbath, you know, a lot of, you know, you know, uh, Quiet Riot. You guys did with Quiet Riot too, right? Oh, we've done shows with them. Yeah, we've never done, done a, a whole tour with them or anything. You've done shows with them and you've done shows with Rat, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Now, Rat, actually, Rat was the first official, like, full-length tour that we ever got. And that was, um, that was 1989. So that's how wow long that was yeah as a that was a, that was a while there I mean I mean I'm talking about you know arenas with a tour bus and all that I mean we had yeah. done a few smaller tours like we we toured with the Romantics remember them oh I now now again that's 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 not a that's not a combination I would throw together but I do remember the Romantics yeah talking yeah, in your sleep and you know and what I like about what you. I like about you <laughs> I loved it because because they initially released in uh, I want to say '79 was their first album was when I what I with like the, about you with the red leather with yeah, the red the, leather yes and the I, uh, I bought that I bought that album cover just because it looked so cool it's like man who are these guys <laughs> they were great yeah I had that was one of the first two albums I got I got the Romantics and my and uh, the Knack. Oh yeah, that was yeah. Another big one. <laughs> that was another. That was another good one. But you guys were. I, I. I am. I am more. I'm more of an alternative guy. But I do appreciate your music. I. Uh, it's no secret to my audience that I was a former strip club DJ. So needless to say, I heard a lot of your music. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's I heard. Enough. I heard a lot of deep cuts from kids. <laughs> but I. You know, one of the all-time. One of the all-time power ballads, man. Don't close your eyes. That was yeah. a really, really great song. Yeah, and you had a lot of a lot of great songs, and uh, and I noticed uh, myself personally as as a guitar aficionado, you really love your telly. <laughs> yes, that that's my main workhorse. That is your main workhorse because I ever almost all the time I'm like, yeah, he's got it there. Yep, he's got it there. Oh wait, there there's a Gibson. 
But okay, he's putting it down and picking up the telly again. Okay, he's, he's back on the telly. We're good. Well, you know, it, it wasn't always that way. I didn't really start playing the telly till in the 1990s. I in mean, the 90s? Yeah, oh, really? That, yeah. It, it, it was mainly Gibsons and uh, mm -hmm. a couple of PRSs here and there. Oh. Yeah. But I started out on Les, on Les Paul, but I had this like mid-70s uh, Les Paul standard that I... Yes. In the early days, and that mm -hmm. thing, weighed, it weighed a ton. And I finally yes. just... I would bounce between that and I have this little 61 Melody Maker, which is kind of lightweight. Mm -hmm. And I would use the Melody Maker in the studio all the time, but I'd use that Les Paul on stage. And then at, at some point I go, you know, this Melody Maker is what's on the record. Why don't I just play it? <laughs> and, and like this Les Paul is just too heavy. Yeah, plus, that thing. It's, it's, it's like, <laughs> I kept breaking it too. The Les Pauls, don't, they're not roadworthy. I mean, they're, oh. they're easily broken, but yeah. the, uh, that's what I like about the telly. You can, I mean, I've taken that telly in the, the regular old uh, fender case that it comes yeah. in that rectangle Yeah, and that just, yeah, and just toss it on the, on the, the luggage thing and it goes through and comes out the other end and it's still in tune. <laughs> it's still in tune, still fine. Well, you know, I, I have their acoustics, so I like, I do like them. Uh, you guys, you guys are still. To this day, you guys are still out on the road, aren't you? You guys, you still, you still have a, you still have a huge following. Well, up until a couple of months ago. Well, <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> right. But, but you know, if you, you wanted to break out guitar lessons and uh, over over Zoom, you could easily do that, right? I mean, wait, I, I I can play like Brian Forsyth. Oh yeah, man, you, you you're still going to be fine. <laughs> I think you'll be doing well. Yeah, but well, that's the thing though with Kicks. It was like. Uh, we sort of dissolved uh, mid nineties. Like I left right. initially left in 93 and then the band kind of staggered along for another two years. And then they, they kind of dis, disbanded yeah. and then we reformed in 2000, the end of 2003, right at the end. And um, it just, well, it was a gradual takeoff, but it just, the Baltimore area was like just immediate. Oh yeah, of course. The hometown crowd is ecstatic because you're back. It's like, yeah, yeah, right. they're back. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I totally but it just that. it just took off from there, and it's like <clears throat> all all those years of touring and the following that we built up, they mm -hmm. all just came out of the woodwork, and they brought their kids with them. <laughs> oh yeah, well, so. every reason too. It's like, okay, this is what good music sounds like, uh, and you know, this is what music sounds like when you pay for it. Exactly. <laughs> it's really good. But I, I, you know, you, you guys have been incredibly impressive. And uh, there was a point, uh, when did, I, I, I'm hesitant to bring it up, but you know, you, you had a, you had a, you had a little trouble with the rock and roll lifestyle, didn't you? You. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, well, you know, being a rock musician, uh, it sort of goes hand in hand, the whole alcohol, drugs and, uh, you know, and through the 80s, it was like, well, the one thing that saved us was mm -hmm. uh, we, we took our job really serious. So we had this band rule, no drugs, no alcohol before or during the show. But afterwards, you know, it was like the party. Yeah, all was bets off. are off. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'd be on stage and, you know, I'd look out and see my Coke dealer out there. And then, you know, I'd start <laughs> counting the songs on the set list, you know, like, how many more do I have? <laughs> but the, so... It was like kind of like I think because we sort of had to keep it under control for the longest time, it didn't get out of hand until I left the band. That's when that's when everything 
Oh. When I moved to LA, oof. <laughs> you know, the weird thing was I was still, I was still in several bands mm -hmm. at the time, like around LA, I, I was playing in a few different things here and there. And, and uh, but yeah, the drugs, uh, I, I joined a blues band because the, the singer harmonica player mm -hmm. was my heroin dealer. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> so I joined this band so I could be closer to the dealer, you know, oh, good Lord. It was a good band though. Oh actually. yeah. But, but, uh, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that, that whole thing, by the end of the 90s, it got to where, um, I mean, I was totally, I had totally lost control on that whole rule about not doing drugs when I play, mm -hmm. went out the window. No. So, so, you know, it was just 24 hours a day, and, and then finally, uh, you know, the, the cops kind of stepped in and helped me. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, you know, it's better the cops than the Grim Reaper is in Nikki Six's case, right? So that, that is very true. <laughs> and as as I as I mentioned to you before, I really think it has something to do with that black hair dye. You might have a lawsuit if you and Nikki Six get together. I think you can really go after. Is it Clairol? Uh, it might be Clairol. <laughs> I, I bounce around. I have used Clairol. <laughs> But you know, to get that official jet black, you know, rock, rock, rock icon look, you've you got to go with it. But yeah. it's, it is always, it's always incredible. And, and you guys are, you, as I stated, you guys got back together and every good relationship, I think, needs a little time apart to realize what you had together in order for it to really click. And you guys started clicking it back. You released, uh, Kitsch released a new album back in 2013, right? You guys have something new coming up as well? Uh, well, we've been, yeah, that was our first, um, our first new like studio record. Right, right. Wheels so with wheels in motion, right? Yeah, it might have been 2014, but it took us that long. I mean, we reformed in two, two, 2003 and it took us that long to finally like give in to the pressure. Everybody going, hey, you're gonna when are you going to make some record? new stuff? <laughs> and we were just riding on the old songs, you know. I mean, well, you had you had enough to do that. I mean, geez, right. you know, it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't try to. <laughs> but you know, but it's it, but it was it was very solid material. You guys, did you guys shoot that? Uh, did you guys shoot the video for Wheels in Motion at uh, at the Whiskey? No, that was at um, the Ramshead Live in Baltimore. The, the Ramshead Live. Well, it was. I was kind of like, is that the Whiskey? Because it kind of kind of looked like the Whiskey for a second. I thought, no. I, uh, well, I'll ask him. But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but it was it was very well done. And like you said, you know, you guys you guys are one of the few bands that are still playing everything live because a lot of bands they'll pre-record stuff. They pre-record particular parts because it's just a little too complex to be getting into on stage. Do you you guys you guys do everything live? Is that correct? Am I correct in that? Most of it. There I mean, we'll do some percussion stuff sometimes. Oh yeah. You know, samples and then um the one song that we do have to do that on is, is Don't Close Your Eyes. We have the keyboards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just because nobody plays keyboards. Well, our old bass player, the original bass player. Right, yeah. Keyboards on that song. Oh, yeah. And I, and I played this, uh, I played a Roland synthesizer guitar on that song. Yeah. I, I bought the thing on a whim, and then it ended up getting incorporated into the set. So I played... Well, he played keyboards. I played bass guitar, like on on the verses, and then I'd go to. It was one of those guitars where you could blend blend different sounds, or you could switch mm -hmm. between guitar and, or you could even assign different strings to different sounds. So I would do the bass parts, and then I'd play the guitar, 
and and then that song ended up being the hit so then i couldn't ever get rid of that stupid synthesizer guitar <laughs> i was stuck playing it the whole rest of the time so now when we come, came back around mm -hmm. since we don't have donnie playing the keyboards we just put that right. on the sample and i can just play guitar now so well there you go well th well that okay that's passable okay they're there but for the most part okay uh for the most part the entire show is is live with the exception yeah. of those particular parts and even that you're still you're still doing what's necessary in order to make the sound yeah it's not yeah. exactly then th that's okay that's fine that that's passable well, <laughs> we won't slight you for that i don't think anybody's going to be too upset <laughs> Now you guys, you guys have been out. Uh, you guys have been. You guys were out on the road prior to the quarantine. Who were you? Who who were you guys on the road with? We were just doing our own thing. It was like um, we do a lot of um, nowadays. It's it's just fly dates. We fly out somewhere, do right. a couple of shows, and fly back. And in in our agency, our booking agency is he, he's uh, this guy Sullivan Big. He specializes in '80s bands. So all oh yeah most of the bands on his roster are all from that era so he'll put shows together with with a few of us at a time mm -hmm. like we'll do do like vegas casinos and it'll be us and uh like vince neal or, <laughs> or or slaughter or one of those bands you know from the 80s or, or a lot another one we play with a lot is is great white mm -hmm. and, uh, and that band vixen the, the oh band. vixen yes edge of a broken heart yes yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I now, now that's, that's another question I want to bring up out of all of your contemporaries. I see you're holding up incredibly well. I, and I just want to point out how much I despise you for that. Cause, because you, you're, 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 I'm not going to lie. You're seven years, my senior, and you look like the younger guy here. And again, not too happy with you over that. Uh, but, but who else, who, who else amongst, amongst your peers do you think has held up really well? that you look at and go dang dude you still look great you know there's a few that obviously the the test of time has not been kind to them but there are a few you just got to go hey wow i what are you doing are, are you yeah, drinking virgin blood <laughs> well actually most uh, you know i mentioned vixen yeah they they've kind of aged well i think a, uh, one of them died though which oh um but but like um yeah, Cher, the bass player, she still looks great. In fact, some of some of the like in in Roxy, the drummer. Oh yeah. Uh, and then there's other bands like uh, uh, like Nuno Bentoncourt. Oh uh, yeah. Green. He looks the same as he always yes. does. That guy just never changes. Oh yeah, and you know, just uh, just unbelievable, but but great. And you mentioned him. Now I'll ask you the next question: What guitar players have you ever played with? Uh, played uh, and gone. Oh, why am I? Why am I playing? Why am I playing on a show with this guy? This guy's insanely good, and I'm I'm like, eh, you know, you're really good. But I'm saying, you know, every one of us right. has our insecurities about. It's like, what what's he doing there? I I can't. How do you make your fingers move like that? Who's well, Nuno is one of those guys. Yeah, he, I figured he was. I mean, I'm not. I'm I'm really. I'm a product of like the '60s and '70s. So oh yeah, you know, I'm more of a classic rock blues guy. Oh yeah, but. You know, so I, I'm, I never got into the weedly deedly finger tapping stuff, but yeah, when I, when I watch Nuno, it's like I, I'm just I just watch him and I go, like, it just goes so far over my head, and I'm like, how, you know, I don't even know how you'd ever even get to that level, like, it, it baffles my mind. 
and that's and that is perfectly that's perfectly that's a perfectly awesome answer to that question that's great uh wow you know there's so there's like a billion things that like go through my mind asking about that what was the what was the wildest show you ever you ever did and 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 wildest as in a really good way and or by the same token, a show that you you pray you never have to go back there for. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, there's well, there's a lot of really horrendous ones back in the early days. Oh, yeah, <laughs> back in the club days. Uh, well, and there's a few bigger ones too. Yeah, one of the one of the very early ones was um, in Warrington, Virginia. We used to play this place. It was called Cross Creek, mm-hmm. and it was a biker bar. Oh. And it was like this, it was off of this like two lane highway, like you have to take a dirt road across a creek, hence the name. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was this just dilapidated uh, cinder block building in the woods. <laughs> and it didn't, it didn't have, it, they didn't have proper bathrooms. They had like a building out back with separate restrooms back there. Oh. And, and uh, oh, it was horrendous and in in the inside was all cinder block and cement so it it sounded terrible and wood beams no so so we get this (laughs) crazy crowd in there like rednecks and bikers and and um i mean they'd be hanging from those beams oh it was crazy (laughs) i remember one time we were playing and this guy's climbing up and and we had the cables for the lights yeah uh wound around the beam and this guy's hanging on the cables. And I'm like, what is he doing? So I'm up there kicking the guy, trying to get him to fall off. And, <laughs> and, and at one point, uh, I mean, this is a story I've told before. It's probably been in a few interviews. But there was a, oh, it was the first show that, that our singer, Steve, and our, him, we got Steve and, and our sound man at the same time. because Right. Our sound man at the time was Steve's bass player in the band that we stole Steve from. Nah. <laughs> so, so this is one of the early, like very first shows that Steve and our sound man did at, at this place, Cross Creek. Mm-hmm. At Cross Creek, yeah. And we're halfway through the set and this big biker guy comes in and I didn't see it. I, I found out after the fact, but he had like a either a baseball bat or an ax handle, something, some big oh. wooden stick thing. And he comes in there and he starts just beating our soundboard with it. And um, oh. well, luck, luckily our soundboard had a wooden frame around it. So that got most of the. Got most of the brunt of the, uh, of the hitting. Oh, thank goodness. But, but it turns out that this guy, he was some biker and he's, it was part of his initiation. I don't know what exactly he was supposed to do when he came in there, but he did that. And then he staggered up back out outside. And then I guess there was some confrontation confrontation out there. And he ended up getting shot. Oh, <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's the kind of club this was. No, jeez. <laughs> I yeah, I've I've been I've been in a few divey places over the years, uh, so, but still, and, that's yeah. And it, and we've also done the uh, whole getting boot off stage thing too, opening for bands like the oh. Triumph tour, for example. Well, yeah. Well, Triumph Triumph uh, always. How do I just I I. Yeah, I, even I, with my wide, diverse taste in music, go triumph. Uh, yeah, uh, right. Eh. right. And we tried to keep an open mind, and it was our oh, first yeah. real tour. But the very first show, it was in Seattle. Yeah. And, and this was back in, well, 81. 
and and uh, for some reason, I guess the security was a little more lax in those days. So they let people bring in bottles, bottles oh, and cans, and yeah. And so they were winging that stuff at us. So oh, we're up there. We get partway through the set, and stuff. I mean, it started flying pretty much immediately. I mean, not only bottle like beer bottles, beer cans, mm -hmm. uh, quarters. They'd wing no. these quarters like at full speed, and uh, finally, our our bass player got hit, and our drummer got hit, and and Ronnie, the other guitar player, got he got hit in the ankle with like a pint bottle of uh, well, it was empty but it was a, yeah but still a jack daniels bottle yeah so finally we we finally just gave up and we had to we had to make a run for it and <laughs> I, I remember as we were leaving the stage triumph's monitor guy was over on the side you know running the, mm -hmm. the stage monitors yeah he, he was on his back out cold on the floor he had gotten hit with something we didn't, oh. even know, we didn't even notice that, oh. but we, were, we had to step over him to get off the stage. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, you wouldn't have had those problems if you'd opened for Chilliwack. Chilliwack? Do you remember Chilliwack? No. Really? Uh, do, do, I, do, I, do I, are you going to make me, are you going to make me sing their only song? Gone, 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 she's been gone so long, she's been gone, gone, ah. gone so long. <laughs> I know the song, I just didn't know the name of the band. I'm sure yeah. if I saw the name spelled out. I'd yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. I'll, you know, it, don't make me sing the whole song. I'll do it. Okay. I'm just <laughs> I'm warning you right now, Brian, just, just a heads up, <laughs> you know, so triumph was uh, <laughs> triumph. Ooh. Oh, wow. Well, not, not only did their crowd hate us, but they hated us. Oh, that made, that, made, that was a really rough tour. And we only lasted for five, five shows five shows yeah and they kicked us off they, oh they but the problem was we we worked our way down from seattle down the coast right by the time we got to oakland the crowd was starting to warm up to us and and yeah. uh, and i don't think triumph appreciated that so they they finally gave us the boot but they were man they were sabotaging us they, like their roadies oh yeah they would unplug stuff like we'd be playing and all of a sudden the, the other guitar player's amp would just go off and we yeah. find the plug just laying there next to the outlet like the guy just pulled it and then one time we're playing and the roadie walks just nonchalantly just right across the stage uh, right across dude <laughs> i was just like what are you doing that's just horrible <laughs> yeah. who who was your who was your favorite who was your favorite band to uh tour with who who who'd you go like oh man you know we're going to tour these guys. I love them. They're, they're, you were totally simpatico with them. They were the guys that you always, they were like, they were like almost an extension of your band. <laughs> well, Rat was really, uh, they were cool because they, they treated us like one of them. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't, you know, they didn't just ban us to our dressing room. But uh, another good, uh, well, this was a tour with two other bands. We, this was in uh, here in 98. Mm -hmm. uh, we did Great White and Tesla. We did like this. Um, oh, it was like a, uh, an amphitheater tour. And oh, that nice. Was, that yeah. was like a really that was really good. And those they were all like we hung out together. Because mm -hmm. sometimes when you open for bigger bands, you don't get really to hang out. You can say yeah. hi. <laughs> yeah, but you guys, you guys are all on equal footing at that point. You know, Tesla and and uh, and you yeah. know and Great White. You know, and 98, so that was before that, before that Rhode Island fire. That was before yes. that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, yeah. That was, that was just devastating, yeah. I'm surprised that hadn't happened sooner. You know? Oh, oh, had you, had you, 
especially I mean, back in, in back in the late seventies. Oh uh, yeah, a lot of especially on the East Coast, like the New Jersey bands. Oh they were yeah, big, big into pyro back then, and, and and you know they'd have some goofy, their roadie, you know. Yeah, they just found like it was some guy down the street. Some random guy. Hey, dude, you want to be a roadie? Yeah, yeah. hey, <laughs> sure. Loading flash pots with gunpowder. You know, it's like it's like no license. <laughs> No, no, nothing. They're just out there pouring the stuff in there. <laughs> oh, just, oh my goodness. Well, you, you've survived, you've survived your rock and roll lifestyle. You're doing very well. And you know, you're, you're now, and, and you've now taken up residence in Nashville, which is, is musician heaven. Cause there's a, there's a, you have a lot of, a lot of neighbors, a lot of Nashville is not just country music anymore. There, there are a lot of, lot of uh have you have you have you run into any of your old uh stomping oh, yeah. buddies around around the area yeah in fact when uh the, well the reason i left california i mean i loved california i loved the weather out there and all that stuff mm -hmm. um but uh this girl that i had been in a relationship with for like 25 years we it just came to the end and we kind of we split up and, and mm -hmm. she owned the house so it was oh. like it was all of a sudden okay well now what am i going to do <laughs> you know i guess you know all, all these years that we, we were in this house i thought i was helping her with a mortgage payment mm -hmm. turned out i was just paying rent <laughs> so oh. so i get to the end of that and i'm like oh man i don't want to just keep paying rent somewhere so i thought i want to i'm I've just i've got to buy my own house mm -hmm. that's the only way that makes sense and then I started looking around at LA and it was just like, Oh, man. oh no, you're not you're Yeah. If you're, <laughs> I, yeah. it was just insane. It was like, there's no way. So I had all these musician friends that had left LA and gone to um, Nashville. Right. And they kept saying, Hey man, you should check out Nashville. Hey, you should check out Nashville. It's really affordable. You should check out Nashville. Yeah. So I did, I, I got on, well, first I got on some of those real estate sites where you can exactly poke around. Mm -hmm. And then I took a, I kind of, you know, I found a bunch of different things to look at in different areas. And one of them was Antioch. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Antioch's, Antioch's a little sketchy these days well, is my yeah. understanding. It's like, uh, you know, when I lived there, it was really, it was, it was nice and everything. But my, my understanding is, you know, Antioch is now where the other mall, as Chris Rock used to call it, is. Well, other <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a thing. You know, I, I found houses and then I took a week and I came here and I drove to those places. So I found yeah. out what I like when I, when I got there, I was like, hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I, you know, but, but it was not, it was fairly nice when I lived out there. I, and that's not my understanding anymore, but, yeah, but you, you got moved house. over to the area, but, uh, but, but, you know, and I appreciate you're trying to avoid Antioch, but did you have to go so far away that you're so far from the only Trader Joe's in your neighborhood? Because I, in Nashville, cause I think it's over in, it's over in Green Hills. <laughs> Billsburg. Right. Well, yeah, that was the thing. I lived in Eagle Rock out in LA and I could walk to Trader Joe's. Exactly. Yeah. When it you were like, talking, you were talking about your neighborhood and, you know, back in yeah. Eagle Rock. And of course, you know, you got Casa Bianca there, which is hands down one of the best pizza joints uh, in, in yes. Southern California. Yeah. They, the, people love that place. You know what? I didn't really care for it that much. You didn't? Yeah. This conversation's over, Brian. I, I, what the, <laughs> Sorry. What the, <laughs> Brian. Oh. No, people swear by that place. In fact, <laughs> and there was always a crowd of people waiting oh, yeah. to get in out front. I mean, it was crazy. 
Well, it really, uh, it really depends on the pizza you get there because, you know, but they're, uh, yeah, because they do make their own sausage. So the, the sausage pizza is always really good. Uh, well, see, I wasn't, I wasn't eating meat when I was, oh. uh, when I went there. So uh, maybe that had Yeah, well, speaking, speaking of eating, you've got, you're like, uh, you're like the, you're like, you're like the keto king. Is that Carn my idea? carnivore now? <laughs> Are you a carnivore? Oh, you're, you're back, you're back on. Yeah. <laughs> I started out, well, I went from, I, I was pescatarian for years. Yeah, and, and then um, and and then I I went keto, but I was still I was still pescatarian, but doing it keto style, which is right. high, high fat, low carb. Yeah, and uh, you know I, I joined all these keto groups on Facebook, and and you know people post their food pictures and all this, and I started seeing all these pictures of that involved bacon, and I'm like, mm. oh man, that looks good, you know, and I hadn't eaten bacon in years. And, and for some reason, I guess it just kept grating at my mind. And, uh, but through keto, I discovered, you know, I got into nutrition and I started following all these different like doctors and researchers and, and, you know, I started learning about like meat and, yeah. and how good that is for you. Like, that's what you're supposed, what humans are really supposed to eat. Yeah. So I finally made the jump. And uh, I think I tried bacon first was the first meat. <laughs> and then right after that, I went to the store and bought this humongous ribeye and oh. cooked it. Oh, well, and, there uh, you go. And my understanding is you actually, you actually do videos of cooking online? You have, yeah, you have, cooking, you have on, cooking videos? On YouTube, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, and what, well, well where, where, would they, where would somebody who's watching this interview go to check out your, what's your, uh, what's your webpage? Is it Brian well, Forsythe? Well, actually on YouTube, you know, the funny thing is I, I started doing it just as just goofing around. Mm -hmm. So my, my YouTube channel is just Brian Forsyth. I don't even just have Brian a name, name. I haven't even come up with a name for it yet. Well, that, hey, that's cool, man. And that works out. And, you know, again, check out your actual cooking because, uh, you know, I hear you're, you're quite the foodie. What are, what, uh, what, are, what are your personal favorite dishes to fix up? What, what, can, what can you now fix with your eyes closed? Well, you know, it's funny because even before I was doing videos, like way back in the keto mm -hmm. days, or even before, uh, I used to love taking photos of my food. <laughs> but there was a lot more variety back then. Now that I'm carnivore, there's not a whole lot of variety. It's like, it's pretty much the same things except just rearranged. No. Different <laughs> combinations. <laughs> but you have, do, you have, do you have like a favorite dish that you, that you do as well as you play guitar? Well... Um, my favorite meal is a ribeye steak. But, is a uh, ribeye? Well, of course, that's it just goes without saying. <laughs> but I've been, I've been, I've been getting into smoking, like smoking the meat. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I, uh, I love doing like the, the ribeye roast, which is a prime rib. Right. I love that because I've gotten really good at it. And then this, just recently, early on, I tried to do a brisket. It, it, it was a fail. So I, I was like leery about trying to do another one because they're expensive. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't want to mess up another nice piece of meat. But now that I've done a few of those ribeye roasts, like perfectly, I did a, a brisket. Like I was probably two Ooh. weeks ago or so. Ooh, nice. And it, tur it turned out, it was better than like the best brisket I've had at like a Texas uh, barbecue place. Well, that, 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 that is a big claim. Oh, it, it was like, it couldn't have been more perfect. I, I was like... I don't know. I don't even know how to like to like just 
to say, I mean, I was so surprised. I, I had no idea that, that it would turn out that good. <laughs> that is nice. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hold you to that challenge and I'm going to come taste that in Nashville. For now, I'm letting you go. I've had a wonderful time talking to you, Brian, and I really appreciate your coming on to our little, uh, little show here, man. It's yeah, really yeah, it was fun. Well, thank you. Well, it was fun for me. I was just ecstatic, and I'm, I, 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 I'm very proud of myself for not just going fangirl all over you. So, <laughs> Oh, I got to show you. Before we what? go, let me, let me just show you one thing. I'm going to walk over here. Okay. This is what – can you see those bones? Oh. <laughs> Th those, were, those were marrow bones right? Yeah. that I used in my meal. So now I'm going to take those bones, and I have – just, just so you have a visual – let me take the lid off this thing. I haven't put I haven't put the uh, liquid in yet, but there's more bones. Like I yeah. say, when I cook, you're making bone broth. Yeah, you're rocking the bone broth. broth. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm starting that later on tonight and let it go for a couple of days. Oh wow. <laughs> All right, well save me a jar, and we'll talk next time, Brian. It was wonderful talking to you, Brian Forsyth, everyone. Thanks.